0: the bridge.
1: Hello, everyone, and a happy Tuesday to you. This is the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge. We're about to hang out with you for an hour. That means it's 6 o'clock, and it's Tuesday. And we're going to talk about Kansas City music. And this is a special part, a four-part series that we're currently on part three of called Sound Minds. Uh, our part one was awesome, and it was me hanging out with Michelle Bacon, who back in March... Put together a survey and released it via the Bridges website and social media, reaching out to musicians, asking them questions about mental health. And over 160 Kansas City musicians filled out the survey, and she's been doing research into this and working with doctors, just like we have another doctor guest today on the show. And diving into the results of the survey she found about musicians dealing with mental health. This is part three. It's been really awesome so far. Last week we had on Dr. Aaron Coravo, who's a medical doctor over at uh, KU Med Center. And I encourage you, especially if you're a musician or in the arts world at all, to go to Bridge 909 and look for these shows from our archive and check them out to talk about this week's show. Michelle Bacon is back with us. Dr. Katie Jacobs is here. And also Sarah Bradshaw is hiding in the background, pushing the buttons, making it all sound lovely as we all hang out on Zoom. Although I did see Sarah yesterday for the first time in a very long time. And I saw Bacon, but I've seen Bacon a couple times recently. But uh, good to see everybody on Zoom. Thanks for hanging out with us today, Michelle Bacon and Dr. and Sarah. I'm going to let Michelle Bacon introduce our guest this week.
2: Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on again to talk about Sound Minds. Um, I just wanted to do a very brief recap of what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. So like Chris said, we've gone over this mental health survey, which so kind of my purpose of doing it was just that, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of fellow musicians around Kansas City um, about the fact that, you know, mental health is a very big deal that we just aren't able, a lot of us aren't able to afford or have access to. And there's just, you know, like Kansas City has such a great community of artists who collaborate and work together. Um, but mental health is something that we don't really talk about that much. And, you know, especially when you're a creator, an artist, I I think that there's a sense of vulnerability that goes into performing and creating. And it's something that we need to talk about more. So I want to thank anybody who's um, been listening to the series. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from artists who have just said that, you know, like, we, we really need to be talking about this. We need to be having conversations, so uh, thanks for everyone who's been listening so far. Now, I would like to introduce my guest for this week. Um, Dr. Katie Jacobs is an associate professor in psychological science at the University of Central Missouri. Katie is also the front person for the rock band Interstate Run, so I, I am really looking forward to having you on here today. Thanks for joining us, hey.
3: Thank you for having me i'm really excited to be here i think you reached out to me back in march when the survey uh went out first and i was really excited because uh, it's like my two worlds that are often not together are being like pushed together and collided um which is really awesome because i'm wanting to use music as a vehicle uh, to help increase access to mental health care so i'm really excited to be here today
2: Yeah, and I I thought it would be really cool to have your perspective because, again, you know, like you you have studied psychology for a long time. And you've also been a performing recording artist here in Kansas City for the last several years.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, something that was interesting that you spoke about when we talked about a month ago um, was how have you used your training in psychology to cope with some of the challenges that you see as an artist? Uh, And if I was actually very vulnerable with you, there was a really long time I didn't use any of it. Uh, And so we talked about a lot about like substance use uh, and how uh, the environment can be very prone to help develop substance use disorders, alcohol use disorder, um, just by the way the environment's set up and and some other things as well. And so if I was being honest for a really long time, I didn't use any of my training to do it. And it burned out really quick um, because you have to actually be very firm in who you are as an artist or you're going to get eaten alive. Um, everyone has an opinion about what you should be doing, what you should not be doing. They always conflict. Um, so if you don't know who you are and you don't have great coping strategies, uh, you're not going to make it. You're
2: not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, too, in regards to, you know, people always have an opinion. And part of the job is external validation. You know, it's like you you need to get those likes and those streams and you need to have people coming out to your shows and you need to interact with them afterwards because music is about connecting. But then you're prone to
3: all kinds of feedback. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And it may be good and it may be bad, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a lot of people don't actually know what they're talking about, which is kind of fun. So uh, a lot of times just smile and nod if you're a musician uh, and find your own path. But we also talked about how people will force alcohol. And I know that's something that um, you guys had mentioned or you all had talked a lot about in some of the previous ones. And it's really interesting um, because and I'm jumping deep already for you all today. That's great. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, like you know as a musician often uh, you're already getting free alcohol uh because a lot of times venue owners or bar owners are like we can't pay this great but we will give you tons of fun alcohol drinks for you to have uh meanwhile uh, there's you know 20 people trying to offer to buy you drinks right uh and so i think it's really easy um for people to be able to pick up a drinking habit especially um, if they're a musician um, which is really unfortunate because um, what we know about alcohol is that it causes a lot of problems a lot of health problems in fact people in women's bodies should only actually have one serving of alcohol a day and people in men's bodies should only have a maximum of two servings of alcohol a day otherwise it's linked to over 200 other diseases and disorders uh on top of messing with your sleep cycle so we know that um when you consume large amounts of alcohol that it will uh really force you into REM sleep really quickly and then the rest of the night you're actually not getting rest like you're supposed to and so with all these things so you have that you have a lot of weird sleep cycles because you're playing shows super late. You know, there's been shows at home at three in the morning, or if you're on the road, then you're probably sleeping on someone's couch somewhere or other floor. Uh, And so there's not a lot of opportunities to be taking care of yourself.
2: Yeah, and I know that was something that we talked about extensively on our last call offline, Um, the whole culture of substance abuse in performance Part of my survey, one of the questions was how many alcoholic drinks or recreational drugs do you normally consume in one week? And it was pretty even, but I was very surprised because uh, about 28% of the respondents said they have more than seven in a week. That's a lot. Yeah. One of the other questions was about what methods you use to manage your symptoms, whether that's peer support or exercise or professional treatment or any other kind of alternate therapy, but 66% of people said that substance abuse or substance use or abuse uh, was their method. And that also really okay. struck me.
3: Well, yeah, and it's easy to do. And, and there's no judgment for people who drink, you know, that there's there's no judgment there at all. I, uh, but I did see it was a problem. And so uh, when I was Back when Interstate Run was playing tons of shows, I decided uh, that I was going to take a break, a 30-day break from drinking alcohol just to see what it did. A ton of my musician friends are moving toward being sober, um, which is really kind of fantastic to see. Um, so I was like, let's just take a 30-day break. Uh, I came back from a flight from Paris. and I'm like, I'm not going to drink for a month. And that month ended up turning into over a year. Um, because of how different it made my body to feel, you know, and it resets. So a lot of musicians, what they'll do is they'll give up alcohol every January and just kind of reset and doesn't mean they're giving it up forever. Um, But if they they go through it, they might see maybe they need to.
1: To reset a little bit, you've been hearing the voices of Michelle Bacon, who's a guest here on the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge all month as we do a special series called Sound Minds. And this week we're joined by a special guest, smart people dr katie jacobs talking to us about mental health issues uh coming to us on zoom from warrensburg and uh, she picked out a few songs for us to share with you on the radio today in this first block we're going to hear a song from young the giant called cough syrup and then we're going to hear an acoustic version of a song from her band called interstate run and the song is called amends In a few seconds, uh, Doc, why don't you tell us why you picked this music from Young the Giant?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Young the Giant, the song called Cough Syrup, I really love it because it helps me really focus in a moment when I'm going through some sort of trial that uh, whatever I'm going through, eventually it's going to go away. Life is really short, right? So this moment doesn't necessarily matter in the long scheme of things. And so it kind of just helps me become mindful of where I am and and just get
1: through it nice well let's hear some music and then on the other side you can tell us about your song amends here from young the giant is their song called cough syrup mm-hmm.
4: Straight out of
2: obviously lake street dive try out some new sounds and tackle some heavier topics than they have in the past but they still want to make you dance and you can do that when lake street dive performs live next time on an encore world cafe
0: tonight at seven on 90.9 the Bridge. Saturday, November 13th at the Historic Folly Theater. The Folly and 90.9 The Bridge Americana concert series continues with the Sam Baker Trio. These broken fingers. Sam Baker. Isn't love playing. Sam Baker Trio tickets are available at follytheater.org. Glad I got work. Glad I got paid. Crawling back down in the ditch today. Sam Baker. She's coming. She's going to carry it. Trio, Saturday, November 13th at the folly in support of the bridge.
4: Hi, this is Hamilton Lighthouser, and you're listening to 90.9 The Bridge.
1: music from the band Interstate Run. The song is called Amends. That's an acoustic version of the song. And we're joined this week here on the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge by the lead singer of that project. Her name is Dr. Katie Jacobs or Doc for the sake of this show. And she's joining us for our third part in our series of shows called Sound Minds hanging out with us all month has been Michelle Bacon and also pushing, pushing the buttons in the background is Sarah Bradshaw. And this is when I sit back and throw it to bacon to talk to the doctor. Here you go.
2: Well, since we just played a track from interstate run, I would love to talk more about your music career. And I know that you also have a new project um, that you're getting ready to unveil. that has to do with mental health as well.
3: Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I actually used to be really terrified of singing in front of people. It was my biggest fear. Uh, So I started going out karaoke and uh, people kept saying, hey, you should probably start a band. And finally, when the drunkest of all drunkest people I've ever met um, said, you really need to start a band. You're wasting your talent. I decided to start a band uh and hopped onto the social media and had a band formed in 24 hours and so that was the first band i had ever been a part of called interstate run Uh, i do that with chris stefani he's been with me since the very beginning Uh, and we have a couple of other people that have joined us in that too so it's like walt powell alex boyd and charlie allen and uh basically that's been my main project rock and roll just straight up um but i'm also starting a new project uh called ramona clay and we have already gotten uh, nine songs done for it, uh, but what we're trying to do is do it right. When I started Interstate Run, I had no idea what I was doing, and I didn't realize all the things you should be doing, like inserting metadata and getting ISRC codes and fun things like that, <laughs> and, you know, not just a PRO, but you got to register with sound exchange and all the 20,000 trillion things you have to do to actually do it right, uh, and so that's what we're trying to do with the Romanic Play, and so we'll probably... Um, start with releasing a single that has nothing to do with mental health. Uh, But then after that, uh, we're working on an EP that's called The Things We Don't Talk About that is completely about mental illness uh, and other stigmatized experiences. So there's a song on there about PTSD, depression, suicidal thoughts. Uh, I had a a friend that died by suicide a few years ago, and he was actually in the metal circuit uh, in this area and kind of the Warrensburg and Columbia areas. Uh, and I have a song called Can't Bring You Back uh, that's about surviving uh, when someone dies by suicide and all the ambivalent and conflicting emotions that you have. So I think uh, the course is the guilt I feel inside, the anger I try to hide, these tears that I cry can't bring you back.
1: This is the 8160 on 90. Point the Bridge, and this is part three of our Sound Mind series. Hanging out with you all of July, Tuesdays at six o'clock, doing this series. Part three this week features Michelle Bacon joining us again and Dr. Katie Jacobs talking about her, her band interstate run, and also her new project called Ramona clay. Tell us about why you called it Ramona clay. I'm curious. And then you can go back to talking to bacon.
3: So it's actually, so anything I do, what usually lyrics that I write are double edged. So they'll have multiple meanings. They'll have one like line of meaning and another one behind it. Uh, And so, there is a whole genre of books called Romana clay. um, And it's basically fiction, wink, wink, uh, but it's actually based on true experiences or they can be about entire movements. uh, And they usually have a key to them so that you can decipher what the meaning of those things actually are. And so I thought, wow, Romana sounds like a lot like the name Ramona. Uh, And so I was like, Ramona clay, that's it.
2: That's awesome. So how, how long have you been a performing artist?
3: Uh, since about 2014 so that's when interstate uh went in and and started and uh, we went pretty strong till about 2018 and we've taken a three-year break um from it so earlier when i was talking about you really have to know who you are uh it's not just because of the feedback and stuff too uh i think and maybe this is just my experience as a front person but people are going to jump into your inbox um situation where you get tons of unwanted advances um, that you have to really start to be careful about what you put online because you don't want people showing up at your work <laughs> trying to find you uh, or other types of things and so when we're talking about i wasn't taking care of myself i really wasn't and so that break actually was a really good time for me to reset to really see what my goals were with music right because i you know i have this other profession that i'm doing as well but i have to make music i don't have a choice it's compulsive for me Uh, and it's also a really good coping strategy Uh, and so when i talked about earlier like all these things like i want to talk about ptsd separation depression suicidal thoughts you know all these things come from real experiences whether or not i relay those experiences to you in the exact way that i experience them that may or may not be the case Uh, but music's a positive coping strategy. And I hope that's what it is for most people. Uh, but a lot of people, it doesn't, and they become very unhappy if they don't have that, I think. Yeah. And I think it's so great that
2: you were able to take a step back and kind of reflect, you know, because I think like, well, one thing, like you said, you have to make music and I 100% understand that, you know, it's like, it's just part of our DNA. Like once we figure out that that's something that we, you know, are drawn to doing. I don't think it's, I I don't think we can ever really stop, you know, Um, but, but, you know, like a lot of us will just start playing, you know, we get in a band and then we, we have whatever goals we have and we start doing them and we just like, okay, we got to go out and play. Um, Not necessarily able to, take a step back and think about all of those things and and not able to process like all of these people that come up to us after a show or there's there's so much stimulus that happens you know just in one night of playing a show and then you do that night after night it can turn into something that's not a positive experience.
3: And it can. And, and I and I also want to reframe something a little bit, too. I am thankful for when people do come up and offer drinks or something like that, because really what fans are looking for is that connection, and that fellowship, I think, with musicians. And I love that. That's 100 percent beautiful. Right. Um, but I think something and I have like a whole list of things that I think we could do to change the music industry or at least our community here in Kansas City. Uh, why don't The fans, then something they could do is okay you know what i'm going to tip you $5 can we just sit here and chat I don't need to buy you a drink we don't actually have to consume the alcohol. Alcohol because you're getting free drinks probably anyway, if you really want them, but understanding the financial strain that goes into being a musician so not only is there, uh, you know there's some places that will try to get musicians to play for free. Uh, even though I'm only a part time musician, I, I usually, we usually don't do that unless it's a really good cause. Like if it was something for the Midwest Music Foundation, we're there. We love them. We'll do probably anything. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but uh, we would do anything for them, right? Uh, we will not rob a bank. Uh, but so if we're, we're doing shows, we want to make sure that they're paying us because we do have friends who are full time musicians. And if they're able to get people who will not and um, they don't have to pay, then that makes it really hard for our friends who are full time musicians without day jobs to be able to sustain sustain themselves. Because what we see is that people think, oh, music should be free. So the fans are like, oh, we should be able to stream your music. You should get it free. Not knowing, you know, they get pennies for thousands of plays. Right. But the cost that actually goes into creating a quality product and all the things like copyright registration. Uh, if, you know, the ISRC codes I talked about earlier, having someone record in a studio, if you if you don't know what you're doing, it can be super pricey to do that mix and master. And if you need a producer, like all these things are tangible costs that people don't see because the, the product goes through their ears, right? Not in their bellies or on their head or their feet, you know? So I think uh, some of those things are all like integrated into it.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and I do want to keep talking about other ideas about what we can do to create a better environment for artists. But I'm going to throw it back to Chris because we're probably going to play some songs.
1: I like what you're saying there about the, the donations and tips is as I continue to pay out people via Venmo, I like seeing in... First off, I never post anything public in Venmo. I don't even know why that's an option, but people who do post things in public in Venmo, I like seeing them tipping bands and I'm seeing more and more of that. And I think that came obviously from the pandemic, people doing live streams and donations and things like that, but it'd be cool if that stayed. And I love what you said there. And I've done this a couple of times too, bought a drink for someone in a band when they'd probably rather have six bucks in their pocket. 100% or food. And um, I like that idea. So normalize putting Venmo, uh, signs at concerts at gigs and tipping out especially if somehow it's a free show or something absolutely but we are hanging out with dr katie jacobs and michelle bacon's here with us too sarah's quietly in the background and this is the 8160 on 90.9 the bridge our special guest this week again doc has picked out some songs she's picked out two more for you up first will be the all-american rejects the song called move along and then after that the deep heavy and breathy Breathe Me by Sia. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the first song, Move Along? Yeah,
3: so Move Along is a really great anthem. Uh, and, and so when you look at the lyrics of the song, Move Along, they're like, go ahead as you waste your days with thinking, right? When you fall, everyone stands. Another day and you've had your fill of sinking with the life held in your hands are shaking cold. And so what it's talking about, is, do you think that everyone has it together? You think everyone else's life is perfect? you know, you think you're the only screw up that's out there. And if we really talk honestly and vulnerably, everybody's a screw up. If, if they think they're not, those are the people to be scared of, right? Because we all make mistakes, we're all imperfect. And so the song, like, if you look at the course of it, it's like, you know, speak to me when all you have to keep is strong, move along, move along, like I know you do. It's saying like, things don't have to be perfect. Things aren't always gonna be perfect, but just hold on keep going, and this moment's going
1: to pass. Nice. And with that, here's Move Along by the All-American Rejects.
4: Cold, these hands are meant to
0: Twenty-fourth at the Uptown in support of the bridge. The weekend begins this Friday night at Lemonade Park with Orchestra Del Sol, Sol, Dream Girl, and Black Hippie. I can and on Saturday, back alley brass band Sam Wells, Les Is More, and Goats and Chalice Sony. Tickets for this weekend shows at Lemonade Park are available at lemonadeparkkc.com. I can't. This Friday and Saturday nights in support of The Bridge.
1: Step outside the mainstream.
0: Discover all kinds of music on 90.9 The Bridge.
1: Music from Sia. The song is called Breathe Me. It was picked by our guest this week here on the 8160 on 90.9 The Bridge in part three of our series called Sound Minds. Coming to you via Zoom from Warrensburg. We have a doctor hanging out with us, Dr. Katie Jacobs. And as you might guess, she is coming to us live from Zoom, but with a giant stack of books behind her, a huge bookshelf, which is how every doctor should talk on Zoom.
3: But if you actually saw what books were on there, you might start judging me a little bit.
1: No judging here. (laughs) But you did pick the song Breathe Me by Sia. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that song before Michelle Bacon takes it away?
3: Yeah, I I really like that song, uh, especially moments where um, I personally struggle because, you know, I have my own struggles as well. But what's really beautiful about that song is Sia is communicating uh, to the people that she loves what she needs when she's in a vulnerable spot right? So she needs somebody to support her. And I think something that's really important, especially with people who struggle with mental illness, is to be able to communicate when they're not having some sort of episode, what do you need from the people who are around you, whether that's some sort of partner, uh, like romantic partner, or it's friends or family members, uh, while also keeping in mind what your boundaries are as uh, like who you should be approaching for quote-unquote treatment. So I think one of the things that Michelle had brought up was that a lot of people want to deal with mental illness with their family and friends. Um, I think it's also really important to understand um, where the boundaries are between them being your family and friends and and just using them as a therapist. I think that's
2: a really important thing to distinguish. And when, when we had Dr. Erin on last week she kind of talked about the same thing you know she was like peer support obviously is a very important thing but peer support cannot replace professional
3: yeah absolutely because your family and friends aren't trained right it took me six years to get a PhD in psychology i'm not even licensed as a psychologist right now yes i have treated people when i was going through grad school but i'm a professor now you know i have another year i would need to do to become a licensed psychologist in the state of missouri right so they're they're not trained um and not only do people tend to not find the right avenues a lot of people don't understand when they actually need to go in and seek treatment as well so there was a research study done uh, and they found that 44.8 percent of the sample that they had actually had a diagnosable um, mental health disorder, and they perceived a low need for treatment. And not just treatment, we need evidence based treatment, because we know what types of therapies actually work, because not all of them work for every mental illness, either. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Like with depression, we know that cognitive behavioral therapy is usually going to be one of those go to type therapies that you should seek out because what it deals with is uh, our brains lie to us. They call them cognitive distortions. Everybody's brain does it. But when we lie to ourselves, uh, that impacts our mood, which also impacts uh, the things that we do. Right. So I know that if I stop doing my laundry, I know that I'm getting ready to go into a depressive episode or I'm already in one. Right. And so I think it's really important for people to be able to recognize what are your triggers? when you're in an episode, what are the positive coping strategies that you have that can help you get through that? And what do you need from other people and have it set up in advance to be like, Hey, I'm in a depressive episode. I need you to hold me and let's watch a show on Netflix. That's all I need right now. And I will get through it.
2: Yeah. And again, circling back to the, you know, the connection point between mental health and music. um, You know, I think that it's a great idea for a lot of us to take a moment to step back after we play a show or something and think about like, okay, well, what was this kind of trigger that caused me to drink or that caused me to have this like moment of uh, imposter syndrome? Like I, I did a terrible job. I messed up on this part or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. But I think that's a really great thing for us to be able to do, you know?
3: Right. And as a society as a whole, we'll say, oh, you did something great. Let's go pop some bottles. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you're, you're sad. Let's go drink your, your sadness away. Is it Taco Tuesday? Let's go get some more drinks. And I'm not saying that drinks in every situation is bad. Uh, and, and it's OK to do it sparingly if you don't have a disorder. Right. Um, but I think it's really to be mindful. And when I took that journey, when I gave up alcohol for an entire year, I did not realize how much messaging we were getting uh, through being in shows, right? Because a lot of venues, uh, and I'm going to get it. I'm already going to naturally, sorry, get into some of the things I think we can do. But like like venues have to make money to survive, right? Which is a positive thing. We want them to survive. We want our bands to survive. Uh, but like one of the things that we could do in venues is create a lot of a non-alcoholic craft cocktails. And they did an initiative like that in St. Louis and it went really, really well. So if we have options for people, they can still be out in the environment and then have something else that's not going to harm them as well. Yeah, I think that's a great idea.
1: One of the things we did to go along with the series is we reached out to some different musicians who had some upcoming gigs who also had written music pertaining to mental health. And uh, for this next song, we're going to hear from a project called Quiet Takes. Quiet Takes which is a Kansas City-based musician named Sarah McGill. She has a gig coming up at a brand new venue, or maybe it's not a brand new venue, but it's a new venue having gigs called the Velo Garage in North Kansas City. And she'll be playing up there on August 14th along with a musician named Daniel Gum, And our friend Nathan Roosh of The Record Machine is uh, helping run and book this venue called the Velo Garage. But from Quiet Takes, the song we're going to hear is called MBC, She says she wrote this song about dealing with grief and loneliness before the pandemic and then came back to it a lot during the very long stretch of enforced solitude. She says when things get overwhelming, it's helpful to look at it and think about what you can control today. How do those words sound, Doc? I love it. Yeah. Well, she has a new EP that's coming out in November. And again, you can catch her on August 14th up at the Velo Garage in North Kansas City. Here is music from Quiet Takes, the song is called M.B.C. music from quiet takes the song was called mbc it's from her record called san fidel came out earlier this year and it will be one of my favorite records of the year one of my favorite eps i'm sure as we all just put together our best of lists so far from 2021 those will be coming out soon she also has a gig coming up again on August 14th at the Velo Garage in North Kansas City. And uh, this week we're joined by a special guest, Dr. Katie Jacobs, coming to us in front of a stack of books from her home in Warrensburg, Missouri, talking with our special guest all month, Michelle Bacon, as we do Sound Minds, a special series here on 90.9 on the Bridge on the 8160. Take it away, Bacon. Uh, Katie, I
2: just want to thank you, first of all, for being here and being so generous with your time. I I can tell by our conversations that we've had, even offline, that you were so motivated to wanting to help artists and provide them with the resources they need. And not just artists, of course, but that's that's who we're talking about today. But I know that you had said that you had Uh, list of local resources, which if you want to talk about those, we'll also put those online on the show page after this airs.
3: Yeah, I would love that. Uh, So something that I do as part of my job as an associate professor at UCM in Warrensburg is that in my syllabus, I always list out a list of references that people can use, um, because I actually see that as suicide prevention uh, in, in some ways. And so I'd like to share some of those things that I typically share with my students. Uh, to every anyone who's listening right now, uh, who's bared with us through this, uh, Dive through my brain. Uh, so, the first one I'd like to share is the National Suicide Lifeline number. So, this is not local, this is a national number. Um, but I would urge every person who is listening right now, or even everyone who's in the Zoom call, uh, to put this into your phone. So, the phone number is 1 800 273. 8255. So even if you don't need this number, there may be a time that you are with somebody uh, who is having suicidal thoughts or behaviors that may need this phone number. So uh, if you put it in your phone, you'll have it ready uh, for it. And I think sometimes people are really hesitant to ask somebody if they are having suicidal thoughts. Uh, And what we know from research is actually that can decrease depression levels. um, If you actually ask somebody, hey, are you thinking about killing yourself? And just asking it directly, not him hauling around and asking. Um, but if somebody says yes, you have to be prepared to what do you do if someone says yes to that question? Number one, you don't leave them alone. You stay with them, hundred percent. And it it may scare them, right? But you say, hey, we need to get you some help because I love you, and I don't want you to die. And and We talked about this a little bit off air. You know, I've had two very close friends die by suicide. It is not something um, that you ever want to have to experience, ever. Uh, And so many people have been touched by it. So I will give that phone number again. And if you haven't put this in your phone, please do it for me, um, for my two friends that I lost to suicide, um, because it could make the difference between life and death. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. Um, Some other resources that we have that are unique to Kansas City uh, and Missouri overall is we have something called MOXA in Missouri. So this is a sexual assault uh, crisis line. They also do free counseling for victims of sexual assault and for partners of victims of sexual assault. So they have a 24-7 crisis line. Uh, So if you are on the Missouri side, that phone number is area code 816 531 Zero two three three. if you're on the kansas side it's 913-642-0233 and moxa also provides in-person counseling for those people too and so there's also one more resource that i can leave you all with for now and it's called the missouri crisis line this is not tailored specifically to suicide so this could be any sort of a uh, mental health issue or if you need resources and the phone number for that is 1-888-761-4357 or you can text HAND H A N D to 839-863 and so uh, for that I actually worked at that crisis line when I was a graduate student the people handling those calls are often uh, the ones that are going to school for either psychology or counseling. So if you want to text, because I know a lot of people want to text crisis lines, all you have to do is text hand and then to the phone number eight three nine eight six three. So those aren't all of them. Uh, You can always go to Tri-County Mental Health, Johnson County uh, Mental Health for services and things, Uh, but those are some really concrete things that you can have. You can tuck away and you can refer people to if you see someone struggling with something and you're not
1: equipped to handle it. Again, this is the 8160, and we've been hanging out with Michelle Bacon and our special guest this week, Dr. Katie Jacobs, Sarah Bradshaw, also hanging out with us this week. Thanks for hanging out with us, Doc. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and stories and all the resources you've given us. And uh, like Bacon said, we'll have those links and more information on our page, on the show page. If you go to bridge909.org, you can find it there. But we do have one more song to share this week and uh, reached out to another musician named Kirsten Pauliden out of Lawrence, Kansas. She's in one of the greatest bands of all time called Olympic Size and also had projects called like Key Party and uh, now playing out under her own name. And uh, this song is called Siberia. And it features an amazing string duo called The Wires. And we asked musicians to tell us a little bit about why they picked the song in regards to mental health. And uh, this is an interesting story. She says, the idea for Siberia came from when my partner Jeremy mentioned that a friend of his was traveling to Siberia. Once their friend got there, they posted online about their arrival stating, I made it and it looks just like I thought it would. The instant he said that, I thought, wow, that's an amazing first line for a song, and she immediately went to the piano and started writing. She goes on to say that her dad was a writer, a professor, and a historian who collected great opening sentences from novels and poems that he loved. He also, unfortunately, suffered from depression most of his life, and she sees this song as a metaphor for his experience. He passed in 07, and she wrote this song a few years later. It came out back in 2010 on her album called Up All Night. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Kirsten Paulden and all the music she puts out. She does have a gig coming up on Thursday night, done in Lawrence, Kansas, playing at the Replay Lounge. It's an early show at 6 o'clock. Also, Colin Halliburton's project there called the 4x4 Showcase. Colin Halliburton is in the band The Roseline. Gets a lots of spins here on the station, but we're going to end this week's show with music from Kirsten Paladin again called Siberia. Thank you, doc. Thank you, Michelle Bacon. Thank you, Sarah Bradshaw. Thank you, the listener for hanging out with us. And again, this series part three, wrapping up part four next week. It's been one of the coolest things we've done and I couldn't have done it without everybody here. So thank you so much. Thanks everybody. KTBG
4: Warnsbury, Kinsey.
0: Celebrating 20 years of being the place to discover music.
4: Member supported 90.9.